Hey everyone, and welcome to episode four of Chasing 140.6. I am your host, Madeline Wires, and today I got the opportunity to speak to running coach extraordinaire, uh, Kyle Kranz. He's a really cool guy. He's got a lot of really great information, and he's actually a full-time running coach. So um, after listening to the interview, if anyone has any interest in um, getting a coach, if you need a coach or you're thinking about it, I highly suggest uh, going to Kyle and uh, hiring him as your coach because he knows his stuff and um, he's just a really great dude altogether, super easy to talk to. So without further ado, we will get right to the interview. All right, and we are live. So welcome to the podcast, Kyle. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we're looking forward to, we, I'm acting like there's more than one of us. I am looking forward to uh, speaking with you and getting some of your knowledge um, about all things running and specifically about training in adverse conditions. Um, So first, if you could, um, I'd love to hear more about your story and how you got into running and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so let's see, it's a long story. In, uh, in high school, I was, middle school, high school, I was uh, pretty overweight. I, I was 230 pounds at my highest weight, and now I'm 150, so okay, uh, wow. I, went through, I went through a big weight loss period, mostly in high school, and actually I did more, more like weightlifting, mm-hmm. but most of the weight loss was from diet, so diet was uh, a big factor, because I couldn't actually do a lot of physical activity because I weighed so much. Right. And uh, so it was diet and weightlifting. Weightlifting, you know, compared to running is pretty easy. So I I started with that. And actually, that was my my main uh, hobby through high school. And then in college, my knee started hurting. And I was probably lifting with poor form and a lot of weight. So I... Ironically, I started uh, endurance sports because my knees hurt from lifting, and uh, that was cycling and triathlon, first of all, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I did the Ironman, got Ooh. that out of the way, got out I, haven't the way. Swam, I haven't swam since. So. I, I don't blame you. I do not blame you. Oh, gosh. Like, I'm very, I'm very like, leg-heavy, and I have a really tiny upper body, right. so, and I'm only 5'7", so I'm not made to swim 2.4 miles, right. but... But I did it, and I, since then I've basically been running because uh, you can you can you know you can run 10, 12 hours a week, and that's pretty like that's all you can do. Where if you want to train you know full time for you know Ironman goals, you you can do upwards of 15, 20 hours a week. So, right. Uh, I, I kind of and I was in college at the time, so I, I I let the bike and swimming go, and I've been running ever since. And um, that was about ten years ago. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my my uh, endurance background. I went to school for nutrition because okay. I was so interested in um, in that aspect of uh, my life. So I have a degree in, in nutrition dietetics, but uh, I decided to not pursue being a dietitian mm-hmm. because my training was very clinical, and I didn't really want to go into a clinical setting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I actually am a full-time running coach now, and it's been a, a long process, but uh, I, I work with athletes all over the world, um, runners, primarily adults, 
uh, normal people training for, you know, 5Ks up to 100-mile events. And um, they're just regular people who, who have invested in, uh, you know, a coach, a tutor for their running. And I'm lucky because I get to do that for a living. Well, that's awesome. So real quick, going back to, I want to touch on um, your weight loss. And then also, I just wanted to ask about how the Ironman was. But real quick, um, with your weight loss, you said it was mainly nutrition, um, like you focused on your diet. And I was just wondering, um, when you did that, because I know for me personally, I because I also lost some weight. I When I was a junior in high school, I had surgery on both knees and was like on the couch for three months. And like prior oh, to yeah. that... Yeah, prior to that, I had done a lot of weightlifting. Um, so I was a bigger person, but I wasn't really super overweight. But then once all my muscle atrophied and I just became this like disgusting, like, <laughs> like I say that because I just felt really gross. Um, and I just know when I initially lost weight, I kind of didn't do it the, the best way. So I was just wondering, like, did you follow a certain diet or what was your um, approach to it in the beginning? Yeah, so I mean, really, when you go from living off of Mountain Dew and <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> like, I was, a, I was a big gamer in high school. So, okay. uh, like, like, I probably lost, you know, 10 pounds when I stopped drinking soda wow, all the yeah. time. But, like, I was the, the high school kid who had, uh, like, steamed broccoli and chicken breast to lunch every day. Right. And uh, I was actually, I was definitely eating more food when I was losing the weight, but... Uh, eating, you know, living off of steamed vegetables and whatnot makes a, makes a big difference and not right. drinking, you know, sugar water all the time. Right. So uh, I didn't really follow much of a dietary protocol. Uh, Michael Pollan is one of my favorite nutritional writers. And I, I still like, you know, 15 years later, I still give his advice to eat real food, not right. too much, mostly plants. Yep. So... Um, I'm sense. a vegetarian now, but it's not for health or dietary reasons. Really, it's more of like an ethical thing. Okay. But I mean, I mean, eating just focusing on eating real food. Uh, right now, the only real thing I try to do on purpose is I try to not buy uh, like food that has like added sugar in the first three mm -hmm. ingredients. Right. That's just kind of like a, a rule I have. It's so like. I have to buy the good ketchup and barbecue sauce. Right, and, right. You know, stuff like Definitely. that. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, I so, totally get that. But it's mainly, it was it was really just eating real food and lowering my processed food intake. Right. I, I've been vegan for, I want to say, four or five months now. And um, mine was more... It was more so for health in the beginning just because I had heard of endurance athletes that have done well with it. And, like, my body weight right now, I'm not unhappy with it, but I was just curious to see how my body would shift. Um, and I've found that I have kind of been forced to eat a lot more um, real foods, as I guess you would, you would call it. And before, I didn't necessarily eat bad foods, but there were certain foods that, you know, based on the marketing and things like that, you would just assume that they were good for you. And then when you actually really take a look at it, it's all the right. marketing, you know what I mean? You have no idea that, I mean, there's like the first ingredient is brown rice syrup or all these weird, right. you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. So like, like, why does this granola start with sugar? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why is that the main oh, yeah. thing? And you know, another yeah. thing too, this is something that, um, I had a coach 
tell me this, uh, we were just talking about, um, sugar and how it's measured. And basically when you read like a gram of sugar, literally think of like a sugar packet. So if you're eating something that has 10 grams of sugar in it, that thing that you're eating is like 10 packets of sugar. And it's crazy when you think about it that way, you know, it is crazy. Yeah. So, um, can I give you some tips, some advice? For, for sure. From a, a de- I've been a, I've been a vegetarian for probably a decade now. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> and it's funny. Like I don't recommend plant based eating for health reasons. I mean, obviously, eating more plants is gonna is is you know a good idea. Right. But um, don't get sucked sucked into the like the we call it, my wife calls them junkitarian. Right. Meals. Oh yeah. So like like. Oreos are vegan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and veggie burgers. So when people say uh, they were unsuccessful on a vegetarian plant-based diet, mm-hmm. you got to be careful not to just like throw a ton of carbs. For sure. Your diet. Another so, thing is. I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so like it's so easy to just eat a ton of sandwiches and bread. Right. Right. So it's, yeah, you have to really go out of your way, but. Um, like smoothies and slushies are super easy and I, I, I drink a lot of those mm-hmm. and like like ethnic food is you know pretty yeah. easy to to make uh, vegetarian or vegan right I've been finding a lot of my meals is like basically salsa quinoa beans and like three different oh, vegetables yeah. like that's it you know what I mean like yep. and it's a very typical yeah. meal but um, it's funny that you say that too because whenever I talk to people like, you know, I'll have people ask me like, Oh, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you have any advice? And I always say, I think the only reason that I'm so far really enjoying it and I'm successful with it is because prior to it, I did already eat a lot of vegetables and things like that. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, like you just said, I always say that too, like Oreos are vegan. You know what I mean? Like there's, and the same thing with, um, a lot of the, like, you could find, like, a vegan burger that's made, you know, a package. You can buy it in the freezer section. But I always think, too, like, okay, that and, like, some of the cheeses and stuff like that. It's, like, if you really look at the ingredients, it's, like, okay, I mean, yeah, it might be vegan. But look at all the preservatives and other things that are in it. That's, I mean, what are you really, you know what I mean? What are you really right. avoiding when you're eating that? So, right. I don't know. Yeah, that, that might as well be like plastic exactly yeah for real and i've i've seen some people like you can home make your own but i mean when you buy it it's i i mean i have no idea what that is you know what i mean like i don't know so yeah yeah people the big thing is people are like oh my god you don't eat meat what do you eat right i I kind of joke i say well i eat everything else right because i mean we go to uh build your own you know burrito or pizza place and my, my pizza is big, the biggest one at the table. Right. So, yep. I mean, I just, I, I get everything but the meat and onions. Basically, yeah. So. <laughs> nope. I totally, I totally know what you mean. Okay. Before we get too off topic. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. How, okay. <laughs> how was the Ironman and how was training for that? You said you did that in college. You were training for that in college. Yeah. How was yeah, that experience? So, um, the training was great. I, I mean, I'm not a big swimmer, but fun. Mm-hmm. to vary it up a lot and I love the gear like I had a disc wheel and a really sweet bike mm-hmm. and it's just fun to have all the, 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 the you know you, you, I have my swim bag and everything right, I kind right. of miss all, all that really cool stuff but um, it, it, it kind of got to be a hassle because it's so time consuming and it's expensive oh for sure but, I'm finding um, I've I did, found that out oh yeah <laughs> yeah so I did 
I did a bunch of sprint triathlons, a couple halves, and I did the the Vineman Ironman out in California. Okay. It was a my wife and I my wife and I drove across the state out there. Oh wow. So, um, or across the country, I mean. So. Oh wow, was, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a road trip. We camped and whatnot along the way. Oh, that's but, really fun. I mean, the Ironman sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, they're, they're really hard. Like, right. I've done, I've done a uh, hundred mile ultras and, uh, they're, I mean, if you have a really tough Ironman, they're pretty comparable because it's such a, a different type of experience and it, it got hot and hilly and Ooh, everything, but yeah. I mean, I was, I was way under trained. I was in no way was I, was I, you know, actually prepared to do the Ironman, right. but I did it and I'm glad I did and I got the tattoo and now I am. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> now you're done. You never have to do it again. Yeah. No, I totally. Yeah, I, I, I joke that I might do like an Ultraman someday because it's. I really like going long. Okay. So that's like over three days. It's three iron something like two Ironman split over two or three days. Oh I don't my remember gosh. Anymore. But I think mm. I enjoy something like that. Yeah. Because it's it's laid back. It's casual. Right. But I don't think I'll I'll never do another Ironman. But. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe, you know, when I'm done with my running goals, right. I'll jump back into, into triathlon. Once your body tells you it does not want to run anymore, once your legs just decide, you know, yeah, you know, I, I still have my bike. The well, bike there you is go. My office, so it's not going anywhere. I, I have refused to sell it. My wife tries like every year when we clean the house out. I'm like, no, I right. might do it. I might ride it again. So. Yeah. I imagine the Ironman is like, um, you get to that point where you're like, wow, I really wish this was over. And then you're like a fifth of the way that like done, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, to- oh, to- totally. And it was, it was like three loops. On the run, so we had to come back oh, my three gosh. or whatever. That's horrible. Yeah, it, was so, it was so hard, so hot, but it was, it's good to do it. So right. I'm glad I did. Yeah, for sure. I actually did um, a relay leg of a half Ironman. So I started running at like 11, so, and I'm not used to running later in the day and I'm not used to running like without something. Typically when I do a long run or something, I'll listen to a podcast or I'll have a little bit of music or something. And so I went out and I mean, it was really hard. I did okay, but I just remember it was a two loop and then there was a little section where it was like a straightaway. So imagine kind of like a lollipop where it, like there's a stick, you do two loops and then you come back. When I was yeah. finished, like when I was coming back, there were people going out to start and I was like, bless your heart because that was something, you know what I mean? So I totally doing that, even just doing the running part gave me a whole new respect for anyone that does the sport. So I totally Uh respect dude, because I, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a journey. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's tough, but it's, you know, everything that's tough is worth it. Exactly. And I, I found with my marathon too, that I did last year, I did my very first marathon that it was almost like when I finished and even the few weeks after I kind of, I never had that moment of like, hoorah, like I did this, you know what I mean? It was almost like, wow, that just really sucked. And then for some reason, a little while after I was like, you know what? I think I want to do that again. And I don't know why, but I just did. And here we are. So it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, I feel better about this stuff now than I did right after doing it. Right, definitely. So, okay. Well, that was a little off topic, but it's okay. It's a good conversation. (laughs) Um, It's still good stuff. 
stuff. Exactly. This is all good stuff. Um, but basically, uh, for anyone listening, the reason I know Kyle is because um, we had been following each other on Instagram, and um, I had moved down here to Florida, and I was starting to really struggle with the heat and training with the high dew points and the humidity and kind of dealing with that. And as you know, a newer runner when it came to these long distances, I kind of didn't know where to turn. So I turned to social media and I um, had seen Kyle's posts about, um, you know, he's got a lot of really good information, which by the way, at the end, um, we'll have him share all of his stuff so you guys can follow him and check him out. Um, but basically I reached out to him not knowing, cause I know he's a busy guy and he's got, probably got a lot of people talking to him. Um, I reached out to him asking, pleading for help because I just was really struggling and, um, he had a lot of really good stuff to say. So, um, I figured I would have him on the show and we could talk about kind of similar to what we talked about before, but this time a little more in depth. So um, basically, though, my biggest issue is coming from Ohio, which is relatively low humidity, even when it's really hot in the summer, early, early mornings, which is when I like to run, it still can get down below 70, even on like the hottest days. Um, but once you get to Florida down here, I was having where I would literally get up at like three in the morning to go run. And it was already 80 to 85 degrees with over 70 dew point, high humidity. And it was just like walking into an indoor water park, basically going to run. And um, at first, I really didn't know how much that would affect my pace. I just knew that it felt horrible. Um, So basically, um, Kyle, if you just kind of want to talk about generally, um, with any kind of conditions, so whether it's really, really cold, um, altitude, I guess we could throw in there too, or, you know, especially the really hot heat, um, how that affects our training, um, to begin with and just what we can expect baseline. Like, let's say there's no other factors. It's just that and what, what you think it would affect and how much it would affect us basically. Mm-hmm. So like I, you, you're from Ohio. I live in South Dakota. I live uh, western side of South Dakota in the mountains. And so I experience hills, a uh, lot of snow in the winter. And uh, today, this week, we've, been, we've had 90s as highs. So mm-hmm. it's pretty warm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not 85 in the morning, but it's still you know warm enough where it's going to be a significant factor in running and racing. And... I, I tell people that the number one thing that you got to do when you're encountering, encountering these adverse conditions is you need to relax. You need to, you need to um, relax your body, your mind. You need to relax your workout or your race expectations because you're going to be slower. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Like you said, it's 85 degrees in the morning. Um, and that's just how it is. It's it's like even with like a, a weird work schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have you have to yeah you 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 have to go with what you have. Right. So, um, in the heat especially, I've actually found that it's never really bothered me because I find that I actually relax more mm-hmm. in the heat. Like I, I basically run as slow as I can in order to feel comfortable, and then I just kind of embrace it. I go with it. Because I know like that's just how it is, and so I'm going to slow down. Um, I I run a lot with my time instead of miles. I don't 
like today, for example, I ran 70 minutes without a GPS. I just ran for 70 minutes because I find that that lets me slow down more when I don't actually know what my pace really was. Right. So that helps me as well. Um, I also, another tip for the heat is to uh, look for shade. So trail runs are often more shaded than running out on the road because there's tree cover. Mm -hmm. Or uh, yesterday I went out early in the morning when the sun was still low and I ran um, with the sun to my side. Mm -hmm. So I was running and I had trees or houses or hills to my to the, to the east. And so those provided shade for me in the morning. So okay. far, cool, far cooler than it would have been if I would have ran on the bike path that has little tree cover and goes towards the sun. Right. So there's things you can do like that um, that will, you know, help make it more tolerable. And But the number one thing is you need to just, you need to know and be okay with the fact that <laughs> you're going to be slower in training and in races and you need to kind of adjust your, your mindset and your pace expectations for those conditions, whether it's hills, heat, snow, ice, whatever have you. Okay, definitely. Um, so I guess kind of adding to that too is um, with anything, so whether it's hills or, you know, heat or, you know, altitude or whatever, um, it's taxing our system. So how much benefit do you think athletes get that train in these certain conditions? Do you think we just get better at running in this? Like, for example, do you think I'll just improve in my Florida running, or do you think I could take this training and therefore be a better runner in a, cause personally I'm the type of person that like 50 degrees, uh, a slight breeze and like overcast. That's like my like 40 to 50 degrees. I like it, you know, cold, no humidity. Like I'm, that's the type of runner that I am, um, that I like. And, um, I'm just curious if, you know, all of this training, cause you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure the people listening to, you know, people go to train in altitude basically to help with any running. So is it the same thing with weather conditions or is it, how do you, how would you look at that? Yeah. So, uh, training in the heat will absolutely make you better when you race in, you know, 50 degrees in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So, um, there, you, you need to be careful about it though. So with athletes that I work with and myself, where we have, we have heat, uh, what I typically recommend is do your hard, like your track workouts in the coolest conditions possible. Mm -hmm. So for, for a track workout, I'll, I'll wake up as basically, I'll try to get it in before the sun gets up. Yep. Uh, with some people, if they have like a gym membership or a treadmill, I'll even have them do their workouts on the treadmill because the thing is you can get a, you can get a better workout in, in cooler conditions. Right. Um, with, al with altitude, people that live at altitude will often, if they have the means, they'll drive or travel to a lower altitude to, to actually do their workouts. Gotcha. Because, because in the heat or living at altitude, you don't, you don't get as high of a quality of workouts. Right. So, so for me, uh, if I have a workout workout, I'll try to do it in, the super early morning. But if I have like an easy hour jog, I'll go and do it at noon with no problem. And the reason for this is that you things happen when you when you experience 
uh, really high temperatures. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called it's called heat adaptation or acclimatization. And some of these things are like you your sweat rate goes up. So sweating is how we cool our bodies. So you become a better sweater. Uh, you sweat earlier on in a run. You sweat more. Um, what else? Your your sweat might contain fewer electrolytes. Uh, training in the heat will increase your plasma volume, your blood plasma volume. It'll lower your let's see, it'll lower your perceived exertion. So when you go and you train in the heat, and then you race early in the morning, you'll feel like a god mm-hmm. <laughs> because. It's like taking off a, a drag suit in the pool and swimming in a speedo. It, it feels better. Right. Swimming is no different. Or no, and, and the heat is no different. So um, in the winter, what I'll often do is I'll actually take a once weekly hot bath where after an easy run, I'll just like soak in the bathtub in a, in a really warm bath for 15, 20 minutes just to kind of keep that, that momentum, that you know heat adaptation that I have going. Right. So, so, yeah, you'll, so you'll certainly, you're benefiting. It might not feel like it, but there are, there are other things that have. Okay, so what you were saying about um, when you sweat, you're going to lose less electrolytes. It's actually funny that you say that because I've found um, here especially, I mean, with the high dew points, our, my sweat really doesn't evaporate. Um, so obviously I'm very sweaty when I get done running and stuff like that. And I've noticed that... Um, my sweat, it really, like, typically, I guess, I don't know how you even describe it. Like, it, I don't, it's not that I don't smell, but it's, like, a different type of, like, it's, do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's, I feel like there's just, it, I mean, it literally feels like I got out of a pool, basically. It doesn't feel like right. normal, thick, if you will, sweat. Um, so, it's funny that you say that. Um, I guess yeah. another another thing, too, is I've found down here, I've had to really watch my hydration, Um, even when I think I'm drinking a ton of water, I, you know, will go to the bathroom and be like, wow, I am not hydrated at all. So that's another big thing with how much, um, I sweat here, especially because it's, I mean, here it's like you step outside and you just sweat, like you don't even really have to do much. So obviously when you add in any type of, um, exercise that's amplified for sure. So yeah. And the in the summer, I make a really big point to stop at uh, like water fountains along the bike path. Like today, for example, uh, there's a water fountain two miles out. So I ran there, got a drink, kept on going out. Then I hit the hit the water fountain on the way back. So um, bringing a bottle with and just drinking the thirst, mm-hmm. um, having a bottle handy so you can drink when you have that you have the the, the thirst to take a sip and just take a sip or um, go where you know you have the option to stop at a water fountain. Um, that's, that's really important. Um, speaking, and speaking of electrolytes, something that I've recently discovered this summer is uh, I, used to get, I used to get really bad headaches after long or hard, hot runs. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out. Like, I felt fine during the run, no problems. I was drinking what I thought was, you know, plenty of water during and before and after these runs. We'll say like an easy, easy 90 minutes, but it's 75 to 85 degrees. Mm-hmm. And 
um, I would get headaches a few hours after the run that would last sometimes until I went to bed. And I just couldn't figure it out. Like, what's the deal? I'm drinking plenty. But this summer, I started taking a, a little electrolyte capsules from mm-hmm. you. And I haven't had a headache since. So okay. Well, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I it's... mean, I've never been one for, like, the electrolyte dehydration cramping thing. Right. But, but this is incredible. Like, if, if anybody listening to this gets headaches after really warm runs... Try popping an electrolyte pill, and I I take it before the run uh, for hot runs that are going to be over, we'll say, 75 minutes, and I've had zero headaches, whereas when I lived in in Panama two summers ago, Mm -hmm. and it was like a bi-weekly thing where I would get a headache, and it would last the entire day, Right. and um, so yeah, this summer so far, no problems. Well, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, good, good information. Um, oh, yeah. one, one thing I've found that um, I do typically before like my long run, let's say, I'll buy um, just like a regular Gatorade, I guess, and I'll try to drink like half of it the night before and then um, maybe a couple sips the morning of and then finish it off after. Now, obviously, that's not like ideal because I know there is some added, you know, there is definitely some added sugar in that. But I've found in that... Um, it kind of helps me hold on to, first of all, water, because it has some salt in it, too. So it kind of, mm-hmm. I'm not just, you know, sweating everything out and then shriveled up, you know, dehydrated halfway right. through my run. Um, but that, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, have you tried any of, like, the, now you said, what was the brand of the one that you tried? This is by Goo. By Goo. Have you tried any yep. of those noon tablets? Like, you put it in your water. Have you tried any of that or No. I, I, I have, um, they're fine, but what I really like about these pills is that it's, it's literally like a little pill. Okay. So it, it's, it's nine bucks for 50 pills, and let's say I take only, I only take two, maybe three a week, so they, that, that's going to last a long time. Right. Whereas noon, they're kind of expensive. You get a tub of them, you get like 12, 12 little tablets for nine bucks. Yeah. Or whatever they cost. Plus, then well, you have like, to choke I, down the drink that probably isn't always yeah. the greatest tasting. So, so I, I have used those, but um, I really like the tablets, and they're not a powder either. So I, I looked at getting, uh, like, just a, a powder uh, from Tailwind Nutrition, I think it was. But um, this was kind of hiding on the shelf, and I didn't see it right away, but I'm really glad I did because I didn't want calories. I just want something I can take before a run. And... Uh, easy just i take it with my water and off i go right all right well cool um i'm trying to think let's see okay so i guess i know we already kind of covered some of this um but talking about racing i know you said that it's important to just kind of relax your expectations and things like that um personally i found when i did that uh iron man relay leg that was later in the day so it was super hot super hilly. Um, and I found when I was out there, um, first pretty much, okay. So every single water stop, I got water. It was the cycle of the station was basically like water, Gatorade, nutrition, Gatorade, water. Um, so I would go up, I would get a cup of water. I'd get a Gatorade. I would sip the water, drink the Gatorade, pour the water on me, and then get water at the end to take one more sip 
and then go kind of thing. And I did that for every single stop. And then actually, after like three or four miles, because it was so hot, I I took some nutrition. So I think the first stop was like, there might have been like goo, like a goo or something. And I took like maybe a third of it with a lot of water. Um, So I just basically what I'm trying to get at is I found that I had to really step up my um, nutrition versus what I normally would have done. Like the half marathon that I did um, earlier in the year where it was raining and it was cold and things like that, um, I pretty much was just like every other one, maybe Gatorade, but I would sip on water. And like this one in the heat, I totally had to, and it was kind of a reckless move because I hadn't really practiced that prior, but I was like, honestly, I didn't really know what else to do because it was so hot. And I was just like, I I will try anything. And there was actually one point halfway through where obviously because it was an Ironman, there was actual food out. So they were like, quartered like double chocolate cookies and I took one and yeah. I thought it was going to be disgusting because I don't I mean that's not what you think about when you're running typically but it actually like I had it and I was it, I felt like it kind of woke me up a little bit so um when it comes to racing other than um kind of relaxing your expectations a little bit is there anything else you think that's important um maybe pre-race Um, like you said, with the electrolytes and things like that, um, is there anything else that you can really think of that would be beneficial, um, for racing in the heat? Uh, so I did, uh, let's see, I did the Austin, Texas half marathon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was this February, if I recall, last February. And, um, coming from South Dakota and it was actually cooler in Texas when I arrived in than it was in South Dakota. Oh, wow. Like, beautiful, perfect uh, weather. Mm-hmm. But the, the morning of the race, I wake up, and it's like 85 degrees. Oh, my God. 90% humidity. Like, like three days before, I'm like, this is going to be the best race ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I wake up, and I'm not kidding you, like, it was, I think it was like 90% humidity, super hot, and it was like four in the morning. Oh my god! So it's like a nightmare. It's like your worst nightmare. It was was horrible. So um, a couple tips for racing in the heat. What what I did that day was I skipped my warm up. Okay. Um, Like in an effort to keep my body temperature, my core temperature, as low as possible, I uh, I didn't I I didn't warm up at all for this race. So I walked I walked to the start. I hung out a bit, and um, I didn't run until the gun went off. And I took the first, I don't have my splits or anything, but I took the first 5K, like, incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, like, I was running with my mouth closed, I remember. Cause it was, okay. It was, I was just like, 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 this was slower than I would have ran a marathon at. Right, wow, so, yeah. Um, just super super easy and then what happened was that you know eventually because the first 5k was so easy I uh and the first 10k even was so easy I had a super you know last half of the, the race right because I was so conservative um early on like I had I perfect splits you know faster second half than first half zero cramping issues I didn't actually drink any water or take in any nutrition during the, the 13 miles okay. because I felt so, I was fine mm-hmm. I and mean, it was super hot and everything, but I was so conservative early on that, um, I had a great second half. So, 
um, that's a big thing is you really, uh, and, I, and most importantly, I let all of my expectations go for having a good, an actually good time. Right. So, um, I think it was like three or four minutes off what I would have preferred to do, which is, you know, a significant amount of time each mile, right. especially considering that the first half was, I don't know, it was probably 30 or 40 seconds slower per mile. Mm-hmm. So I was really able to, to speed up during the second half and I had a great second half. Um, another racing tip that comes to mind is there is a running calculator at the runsmartproject. It's runsmartproject.com. Okay. And I have it. I have it open here, so I can I can talk about about it. But what you can do is you can put in you can put in the time, a race time. You can put in a temperature, and then it will tell you roughly what you can expect for a pace difference. Oh wow! Well, that's cool. So that's handy. I, yeah. So I plugged in uh, a twenty-one forty-five minute five k, which is an exact seven-minute pace. Okay. And um, let's go with uh, 60 degrees. Perfect running temperature, like 50 to 60 degrees. Right. Um, so you're, you'd run a seven-minute mile average. But okay. if we jump that up to 90 Ooh. degrees Fahrenheit, it predicts that you would be about 20 seconds slower per mile. Wow. And that, that adds so, up. It definitely would add up. It does. And um, this is nice. You can do this with... Uh, workout as well. Okay. So um, it's runsmartproject.com and it's a temperature adjustment. But it's super helpful because if you know that it's going to be hot for a race or a workout, you can make you can make these adjustments. But with it's, it's also it's also important to know that uh, for racing or running in the heat, I try not to have any expectations. But this makes you feel a little better. Right. Because because it tells you, yeah, you're going to be a lot slower. Right, because deep deep down, everyone has those expectations, and they really don't want to let go of it, but uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Going back to what you were saying about uh, keeping your internal, like this is like jumping back a little bit, but about keeping your body temperature down. Um, Now, I could be completely wrong, but I want to get your thoughts on this, but basically I've kind of gathered that um, humidity... Um, basically inhibits our body's ability to, or it doesn't, um, the sweat doesn't evaporate and the sweat evaporating is actually what cools us. So we sweat and once it's gone, you know what I mean? Like the action of that evaporating is what's cooling. So when our system, basically when the sweat just sits there and it gets hot, I mean, you really are, it's, your body's not cooling itself and it's just makes everything much worse. And that's kind of what I've gathered just running in it. Um, I don't know if that's totally false or not, but, um, I don't know. I just, for anyone listening that hasn't really dealt with a ton of humidity, it's, it's definitely, that's why it sucks. You know what I mean? That's why it, it's really rough. And I, I've found, I ran, um, I was in Texas probably about two months ago now and I had a long run and it was hot, but it was like a different kind of hot. I found like not saying it was easier necessarily than running here in Florida, but it was just a whole different type of, you know, it could have been the same temperature as, you know, running here in Florida, but with the humidity versus more of a dry heat, I, you know, when I got back from running in Texas, I had like a crystal, you know, glaze all over my body from like the dried sweat. And here it's literally like you, like I said, you got out of a pool. So it's just, um, you know, two different 
ball games. I'm getting a little off topic, but you know what I mean. So <laughs> yeah, oh, no, the humidity certainly, like you said, it it inhibits the sweat, sweating. So that mm-hmm. like heat heat radiation from the sun is one thing, but you're still able to sweat. Right. But if if it's 95 percent humidity, then that's a whole whole new level of of you know suffering. Right. For <laughs> sure. That, then it removes that your primary heat loss mechanism from sweating. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, core temperature is one of the main uh, inhibitors of running faster. Like, yeah, there's other things involved, like how how much oxygen you can you can use, but uh, core temperature is, is super important as well. So, um, things like wearing white clothing mm-hmm. might be better than black, or uh, like what else? Like running in the shade, weighing less, uh, having less muscle mass means that you, you generate less heat and you're able to dissipate that heat easier. So, uh, yeah, core temperature is something that, you know, you don't really think about and you can't really do much about, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the main things holding you back. Right. And, uh, something else I've read about, I've read really conflicting information about this is like pre-race cooling of the body and I've read that people do it does it help or not I'm not sure Mm -hmm. but uh, I've I've been recommended in the past to uh, freeze some water bottles and then hold them before a super hot race so uh, you've got you know basically ice in your hands right and and the idea is it's cooling your blood in your palms and maybe it's cooling your body temperature. Does that work? I don't know. That's but, interesting, though. That's really that would be an yeah. interesting thing to test to see if it really made a difference, huh? I've right. never heard of that yeah. before. So, yeah, so it's something you could people could try it. I don't know if it works. Um, right. I've done it one time in the past. I don't know if it helped. So. Right. Well. It's something to try. There's always things to try in this sport. There's so many different there are things. Always, and always things to try. For sure. Oh, awesome. Okay, so before we finish up here, I wanted to do um, a little final kick round of some questions here. So are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure, let's go for it. So number one is going to be, what is your best race experience that you can think um, of on the top of your head? Experience. So, like, any kind of race that you did and looking back, you're like, all together, that was just awesome. Or, like, something that happened in uh, a race that stands okay. above the rest. So, if I have, like, a most memorable thing from any race, it's during my 100-miler. Okay. And this, we're talking, like, I was at, like, mile 95 or something oh my gosh. crazy. And mm-hmm. it was, it was like, literally it was the next day because <laughs> I was... I'm right. really hurting, right. and I, I ran through through the night. It was the morning, Ooh. and I had no I had no idea where I was at. Uh, the G, my GPS was dead, and I kept asking people like, "Where's the next the final aid station?" And they're like, "Oh, it's just over the corner, or over the hill." And it was, of course, never over the next hill. Right. And like I was walking, people were offering me gels, and I'm in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota. I get over this hill, and I see my wife parked at the bottom of the hill with, with our car with like a little mini aid station in the back. Oh my gosh. Of the, yeah, and, and I started I started crying. Like I oh was my so gosh. happy to see her that I, I literally started crying. So that is amazing. That's def- definitely my most like memorable, worst, and 
best maybe <laughs> right. racing experience. Wow, that is I can't imagine that feeling. That would be like it would be like an oasis in the distance, basically, like in a oh, desert. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh okay, so the next one is supposed to be worst race experience. So yeah. would you <laughs> would you include that one in there or do you have a different one for that? Um well that was pretty bad. I okay. I DNF'd a couple ultras. Okay. So um one was just I was it was I DNF'd at like mile seventy. Same race actually. I went back and finished it the next year, but I uh, I just my like one of my hamstrings was just totally shot. Yeah, uh, like physically I was I was fine. It just these things happen during ultras, right? And then one of them it was the Canadian Death Race. I DNF'd it again. I was like pretty fine, and I just missed an aid station cutoff, probably oh. because I took it too easy. Right, but it happens. So right. I, I mean, I mean, I had to, I basically sprinted the last five k segment of the. Canadian death race before I got DNF'd and I was literally in sight of the aid station and I missed the cutoff. Oh my gosh. That's kind of so like, like I the... Could hear, Go ahead. People were cheering and I could hear it. I could hear it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and I, I didn't make it. I was like, I probably, I was minutes away. I could see it. That's it was right so around sad. the corner. And uh, I, I couldn't, they, they're strict about those things. Oh yeah. Well that's... That's kind of like the guy in the Barkley. Did you see that? You, I'm sure you saw all that stuff where he was literally six seconds after the oh, cutoff. Yeah. I cannot yep. imagine. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. But, ooh, wow. That, yeah. Ultras, though, I tell you what. I mean, that I have not even gotten close to doing one of those yet. I mean, I'm sure eventually I will. But that's just, I mean, they are so unpredictable. From what I've seen, I mean, it's literally... Like, okay, if you're talking a 100-mile race, it's literally a 100 miles. Like, I feel like some people some people just don't understand. Like, that's insane. That is crazy. They're super, they're super unpredictable. For because, sure. I mean, you can run through anything for a 10K. Right. But during the uh, 100 miles, like, I have an athlete. He, he won the ultra last year, and this year he didn't even finish. Because wow. he, was on, he was on goal pace for the first 30 and, you know, it's 85 degrees outside, you're in full sun, right? and things can go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Any, he, yeah. He didn't, he, he's like, I'm not in this just to finish, so he decided to call it, and yeah. you know, there are other races, but yeah, it's super unpredictable. Right, that's crazy. Okay, question number three, favorite piece of gear? Uh, definitely my Injinji socks have you tried these i have not where do you, you know get what they are yeah what like what are they what's the what's their deal they're, they're toe they're toe socks oh, okay and they're, they're absolutely like the best thing i own um it's because i have my i have a few toes that kind of sit really close together okay like even looking at them now my one toe is you know, tiny bit partially under the other. Right. So these these Injinji toe socks. I how do you spell it? I N J I N J I Injinji. Injinji. And they they put you know material between all the toes. So I, mean, I literally ran a hundred miles and I had no toe no issues whatsoever. That's amazing. Whereas, <laughs> like if I, I could go out and run an hour and I could potentially have some like a little blister pop up between my toes. Right. Well, yeah. I'm definitely... They're, they're just, they're incredible. 
I'm definitely going to have to try that because my, I just ordered some new, uh, my new running shoes. I got the Brooks Glycerin 15, super excited. Um, but the ones I'm running in the 14s right now, and I have not had them that long. I mean, obviously they're worn out, but I, the past two weeks have developed some of the gnarliest blisters between my toes. And it is like, I mean, like some serious, like, pain so I might have to give that a shot because it's like I have yeah. never had that before and now I mean it is no joke I bought these I bought them because I was having blisters between the toes yeah and I I even one time I started an ultra mm-hmm. it was a 50 miler and I for some reason I I was wearing like traditional socks right and I, and I I ended up getting a blister between my toes so during the race I put on I took them off and I put on a pair of gingies and I was totally fine for the rest of the race. Even awesome. with a blister that started developing. And I, I also think they keep my feet cooler yeah. because there's material all around right. the foot. Like, so there's more sock. Right. That makes sense. I, I find my feet, I mean, I think... It's probably since I've been in Florida with how much more my feet are sweating. I think that's probably aiding in the blister development. Um, but I could totally see that. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to give it a like shot. I'm like to try them out. Even like if I go for a walk, I swear to God, my feet will be cooler if I wear in gingy than if I wear normal socks or go sockless. Right. Huh. So like they're the only sock I'll run longer than an hour in, period. All right. Well, where do you, where did you get yours from? Is it just through the company, uh, or are they in retail? I, us- I usually I usually just buy a bunch of them when they're on sale because they're not cheap. Okay. But um, oh, pro tip: uh, don't buy the no the, the super thin ones. Okay. Because they're the most comfortable, but they wear out faster. Gotcha. So, like in Gingies, they're like eight nine bucks a pair. Okay. So so. Buy the, the slightly thicker ones. They'll just last longer. Okay. All right. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, question. Last question. Uh, do you have a favorite post-race or post-long-run meal? So, like, your go-to after a really tough workout. Okay. So, workouts, I don't really have anything. Okay. But, but ice cream is definitely my favorite post-race meal. Okay. Food. <laughs> any any particular like, flavor? Any is there a specific um, flavor? Usually, usually it's it's some cookie dough or Oreo. Okay. Um, I hate fruit and nuts in my ice cream. Really? Oh yeah, I can't do it. Like I would, I would just not eat it. I you know I struggle with like those ice creams that put chunks of like just chocolate and it doesn't even taste like chocolate. It's just like a little <laughs> chalky thing. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I'm talking right. about? I don't know. I yeah, struggle with I think that. So. Um, all right. Well, good to know. Ice cream's my always favorite, good. My favorite, my favorite meal though, I think after the ultra that I finished, the hundred miler, mm-hmm. we actually, we got done and there were no restaurants open in town. Oh yeah, we were still in the morning. So <laughs> we, we, my wife and I drove like across town to this Taco John's, which is kind of like Taco Bell, but better. Right. Do you, have, do you know what Taco John's is? Do you have that in, in I haven't seen it. I have not. I don't. I yeah, don't know if we okay. have them it's here. A mid, it's, it's, it's a Midwest thing. They're definitely not down in Texas. But um, we we actually waited in the parking lot of this Taco John open up for like a half hour. Oh my gosh! So I could get a. I can't imagine the okay. anticipation of uh, that. <laughs> it was the best, and uh, I got this. It's a 
super potato Olay, which is basically a salad, but they replaced uh, lettuce with tater tots. Oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds like something. That really... <laughs> it's, the best. it's the best. Awesome. All right. Well... Also 900 calories. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I That's one thing with fast food places. They're starting to put their calories up, and it's like... I mean, it's good yeah. to know, but at the same time, sometimes you just don't want to know, but... Oh, goodness. Okay, so uh, just to wrap it up, where can we find you on social media or uh, anything for the people to get in touch? Uh, So I'm everywhere. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see, Instagram and Twitter, I'm Kyle underscore J underscore Kranz. And website is KyleKranz.com. I try to post a few YouTube videos throughout the week. And uh, Facebook, I'm Kyle Kranz as well. So I'm pretty much everywhere, very accessible. Um, I try to be as accessible and like helpful as possible. Mm-hmm. Basically, when I'm not working directly with my athletes, I'm on Reddit or Twitter or YouTube, you know, trying to add value to the lives of people. Right. That's um, awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's how I found you is, you know, we, we just kind of started chatting about about running about and running. whatnot. Yep. So that's, I'm really, really fortunate in that that's what I do for a living. I, I kind of joke with people that I'm retired because right. if, I won the, if I won the lottery and I could do whatever I wanted to do, I, you know, I would do this for free. Right. So, that's awesome. So I'm lucky that I get to do it. For, I get to do it for a living. So. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, I will put links to um, the things that we talked about in this podcast. So the socks as well as... Um, what was it? Run Smart. Uh, what was the website again? I will put uh, links to that um, as well as the social media and all that. So that yeah. will be in the show yeah. notes. Run Smart Project. Run, run Smart It's a calculator. All right. Good stuff. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you so much. And I look forward to hopefully having you on the show again at some point. And this has been great. Super. Yeah. It was fun. Okay, so how awesome was that? Um, Super good information there. And like I said, you guys definitely need to check out Kyle's stuff. He has a lot of really great information, um, not only on his Instagram, which is what I mainly follow. Um, He has YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. So um, he's active a lot on there and um, definitely is super helpful. And I highly suggest getting help with him if you're looking for a coach. Um, He knows his stuff and he's a really great guy. So um, thanks again for checking out the podcast. And if you haven't, um, please like and subscribe and maybe leave a rating if you're feeling up to it. And I will see you next time on Chasing 140.6.